The Truth Commentary with Rob Pugh, publisher of the Wisconsin Christian News, a ministry dedicated to the truth revealed through Jesus Christ, encouraging listeners to stand boldly as the King's return is at hand. Sometimes I think I wish I'd been born in a different time so I wouldn't have to face all the twisted perversion and lies that make up the world we all live in today. Sometimes I think it'd be much nicer to have lived and died before the time of sodomite pride, before sodomite so-called marriage, before the purposeful indoctrination and grooming of young children into transgenderism and pedophilia was normalized, before New World Order globalist rulers had brainwashed so many of our population with lies about climate change, before the killing of innocent babies was seen as a perfectly acceptable method of birth control and a solution to inconvenience, before the U.S. had opened the floodgates at our southern border and invited hordes of non-citizens to feast on the fruits of our labor, before our country lost its patriotic identity and fully embraced communism. I understand that all generations, as they get older, look back on the past and long for the good old days, even though they probably weren't all that great. If you look at the big picture, every generation has had its challenges to confront and overcome. Some fared better than others. My concern is I don't think Americans today are up for the task at hand. I think most have become so accustomed to luxury and ease, they're now ready to just go along with whatever is thrust upon them, even abject slavery to the almighty state. The devil's team has been very successful with every single point of their agenda while Christians, with the exception of a small remnant of radicals, have completely disengaged from the culture. So much so that we've literally handed the devil the keys to every institution in our country, including our churches, most of which have become good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the feet of men. Christians also handed the devil the ownership of our schools, colleges, and universities, our government, local, state, and federal, our news media, our entertainment media, our healthcare system, our economic system, and everything else. I'm frequently taken to task by well-meaning Christians who tell me I shouldn't be speaking about political things. Just preach the gospel, they tell me. Stay out of politics, they tell me. But shouldn't Christians of all people be most educated on all the lies the enemy's perpetrating on the world today? Shouldn't Christians know the truth about all these matters, being watchmen on the walls, warning others of the devil's schemes, lest they become prey to demonic forces they don't even acknowledge exist? You do realize we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I'm sure you've all heard that warning from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, but how many pastors today explain that to their people? How many pastors equip their people to wrestle? On the contrary, most pastors tell you not to engage in spiritual battle, and they shun, mock, and ridicule those that do. Never before in history has that scripture been so relevant as it is today. We absolutely are in a spiritual battle. We're up against unholy powers, rulers of darkness in this world. We're in a war against spiritual wickedness in high places, and those who claim to follow Christ remain oblivious to all of this. Sadly, the knowledge and understanding of most churchgoers today is no deeper than Jesus loves me, this I know. And I'm told to shut up about the news and current world events, even as I shout from the top of the wall, warning God's judgment on a nation of hypocrites. Just preach the, the gospel, I'm told. 
First of all, the gospel that's being preached in the majority of churches in America today is an incomplete gospel at best, and a false gospel most likely. This results in false converts who were never saved in the first place, or carnal Christians who continue to live as they please. No heart transformation, no repentance, no renewing of their minds. Jesus dealt with the same situation when he walked the earth. The church leaders of his day were simply following the rules handed down by the pastors of his day, and he was not pleased. In Mark 7, he said, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. As it is written, This people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching his doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus went on to talk about how these leaders were making the word of God of none effect, through your tradition. In other words, the churches of Jesus' day just kept on piously ignoring the weightier matters of the law, even as they rejected and chastised the Son of God standing right in front of them. Was Jesus just preaching the gospel? Actually, he repeatedly warned the people that they were blind to the fact that they were living carnal lives and were defiled. He warned them of the pastors of his day, stating that they were of their father, the devil. He warned them of evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness, just in this one chapter alone. You see, Jesus engaged the culture. He took it on, head on, and he didn't mince words. If he were walking the earth today, do you think he'd just shut up about sodomy, transgenderism, the sexual grooming and sexual abuse of our children, drug abuse, the weaponization of our government against the people, the cotton candy feel-good churches, the cowardly pastors, the lies and brainwashing in our schools and colleges, the sorcery of the pharmacy of the jab, the rebuilding of Babylon through the New World Order? Do you think he'd just preach soft things? Or do you think he just might have an opinion on every single one of these matters and speak about them boldly? Well, I guess there's really nothing new under the sun. Today's churches have become just as vain as the religious leaders Jesus confronted in his day. We're still in the midst of a spiritual battle against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. I guess I'm just asking you folks to read your Bibles and be doers of the word and not hearers only. Where is our faith in God today? How small is the remnant of the faithful followers of Christ? Read the 11th chapter of Hebrews, where the writer offers just a small sampling of what it takes to do spiritual battle in this wicked world. There you'll read about Abel, Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and others. Which of those men of old would you trade places with if you could? All were challenged and tested in their faith. All were despised by worldly men, yet they held on to their faith, even through trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn asunder, slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Does that sound like the good old days to you? This is the legacy of our forefathers of the faith that we claim to hold dear, not to mention our Savior himself suffering and dying a cruel death on a Roman cross. There are plenty of other Christian soldiers I could mention. Fox's Book of Martyrs has an extensive list. These faithful men and women of God gave their all for the kingdom of Christ. What are we willing to give for the faith that we claim to have today? Christian service has become little more than babysitting the kids in children's church or handing out bulletins or passing the collection plate on Sunday. 
few dare to speak the truth or confront the wicked culture for fear of being viewed as a fanatic, gaining a reputation as a troublemaker or a Jesus freak. How dare we call ourselves Christians if we're not willing to sacrifice the tiniest of things for the sake of the truth in these dark days of deception? Know this, God doesn't want anything from you that doesn't cost you something. Getting back to my original thought in this message, when would I rather have lived than today? In Noah's day? Scripture tells me that the world is very much the same right now as it was then. Would I have wanted to be Abraham? What would I have done if challenged by God to sacrifice my beloved son? Would I have passed that test? I'm sure I would have been in deep despair if I had lived the life of Joseph in Egypt. What about Moses, a meek man, yet he got involved in politics, believe it or not, even, in, even courageous enough to challenge Pharaoh head on because God told him to? Would I have wanted to be one of the pilgrims who left their homeland and everything they ever knew or had behind to sail to the new world and build a new free nation under God? Would it have been better for me to be a pioneer in that new world with not a single modern convenience to rely on? What about the start of the 20th century and the First World War, or the Roaring Twenties, full of prosperity and luxury, until the crash of 29? The 1940s and World War II, the 1950s and the Korean War, the 1960s, when we tossed God and His Word out of our public schools and entered the Vietnam War, or the 1970s when we legalized the murder of preborn children. You see, the thing is, there's never been a time in history that mankind has not been challenged by God to do exploits for the kingdom, to obey His commands, and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to be salt and light. We've always been called into the spiritual battle against principalities and powers and against rulers of the darkness of this world. God created the world and everything in it in six days and called it good. But ever since Adam and Eve sinned, we've been in a downward spiral. Are we now circling the bottom of the drain in these dark days? Only God knows how long his patience with us will last. No one knows the day or the hour of our Lord's return, but when he returns, he's coming as a judge, as an angry judge, and he'll bring justice along with eternal rewards for those who've stood strong, for those who have engaged in battle with the enemy rather than running and hiding from it, from those who have been faithful to speak the truth, even if it made their face turn red with embarrassment and their voice tremble. I understand even those things are a lot to ask most professing Christians to do these days, as the great falling away is well underway. But you see, friends, you and I could have been born at any time in history, but God chose this particular time in history for us. This is our time. The faithful saints that went before us did their job well and served their king well in their time. Now is our time. How will we do with the challenges God has set before us? Will we be faithful? Will we be bold and strong and truthful, or will we fail these tests and fiery trials because of cowardice? You should know that the cowardly and unbelieving are the first ones mentioned in Revelation 21.8 of all those who are consigned to the lake of fire. Of course it's not easy, and it's not going to be easy. It never has been easy following Almighty God or Jesus Christ, His Son, our Savior. It's a challenge. It's a test of our souls. It may well require us to forfeit everything for our Heavenly Father, including our very lives. There are many who talk big. Just wait till they come to my door, they say. I'll be ready for them. Or I'll never take that digital currency shot. They can kill me if they want to, but I'm not taking the mark of the beast. Oh, really? 
let me ask you this. Did you wear a mask a couple of years ago so you could go to Walmart? Did you pass that test or did you fail? Because things are about to get a lot more intense. I hope you're spiritually prepared. And by the way, don't rely on any pastor or preacher to get you through this. The coming trials and tests will be upon each and every one of us individually. And it's not a question of if these trials will come, just a matter of when. We can observe the seasons and see that the harvest time is drawing near. The Bible doesn't say we will escape these trials, and it doesn't say they'll be pleasant. In fact, they'll be horrible. I'm just warning you. But let us also remember, as true Christ followers, we should consider it an honor and a blessing to serve our Savior in these ways. Count it all joy, James 1 says, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. We will be tested and tried. It will not be joyful. But as God's people, we can count it all joy. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is our time, and we've been placed here to do His will in such a time as this. This has been the Truth Commentary with Rob Pugh, publisher of the Wisconsin Christian News. Find us on the internet at wisconsinchristiannews.com. Questions and comments? Email Rob, R-O-B, at wisconsinchristiannews.com. The views expressed are those of the speaker.